No, for real, there is. A crisis about sriracha. No, you can't get it. You can't get sriracha now like you used to get in Safeway. So you can't get it. And so, like, it's gone up to, like, you know, you get a thing of sriracha for, like, two bucks or whatever. Now it's, like, eight, ten, fifteen <gasps> bucks. It's insane. Google it. I, it'll make you dumb, but it will do it. <laughs> it'll make you dumb. <laughs> for real. <sighs> and we're live. <laughs> and we're live. <laughs> a new theme song. Here it goes. Come on. Oh, we're not so no, live. No, I thought we were live. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Why? Ricky, why? Gosh. Number one, SD card in. Yes. Number two, cute. Oh! <laughs> yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's all good, baby. So what's up with the ping pong pizza party? We're getting gangster with it now. <laughs> oh, no more John Mayer shit. On this. Yeah, we're, <laughs> it wasn't John Mayer. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, man. Uh, Luke, Cutbirth. Round three. Yeah. Ping pong pizza party. Oshana. Queen of laughter. <laughs> Dude. <coughs> That's right. So, <clears throat> it's fun bullshitting with you guys. It's so fun. Uh, welcome back from Colorado. Thanks, Dave. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Not only to you, but I want to give a shout out to Ivan Garza yeah. and Tyler Cope. Yeah. Other homies from EP that went up to Leadville and fucking did the thing and came back, <coughs> finished the brutal i don't know i never i've never i've never done anything like that so i don't know firsthand but like it sounds stupid (laughs) well you know it's funny it sounds stupid before you do it and then after you do it you're like hey was it that stupid um tattoo stupid it's been you know it's not tattoo stupid like i'm not getting level 100 tattooed on my leg anytime soon but i am going back you know the bug has bit me that there's some old timers that when i say old timers people have done it over 10 times uh, current record, I think, of somebody doing it is 22 times. Uh, the race has been going on for like 30 years. So the race across the sky, it's a 100-mile uh, mountain bike race in Leadville, Colorado. It's an out-and-back course uh, with a little over 11,000 feet of climbing. And, yes, they call it a 100-mile bike race, but it's actually 105.6 miles of bike That's racing. <laughs> bullshit, dude. <laughs> so, so don't get it twisted. It is over 100 miles. Um, don't believe me? Check the Strava. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was pretty cool, though. Um, it's something that I had been reading about as a mountain biker. Uh, you know, go back to the previous uh, podcasts. Uh, I've been mountain biking roughly since probably 1992, racing since about 95. And it's something that I've always watched and uh, really wanted to participate in. Uh, as they say, it's kind of the bucket list or the Boston Marathon of uh, of mountain biking. <clears throat> Every, you got to qualify to get in or get in on a lottery ticket. So, um yeah yeah man it's something that i've been striving to complete since 2018 believe it or not and i finally finally just got it done hence the name of this podcast right or i'm sorry this episode yeah it it was i dude i thought it was real it was real i think it was real (laughs) it was haunting even richie It, it, it extends to everybody around my atmosphere in that time frame yeah so breaking the curse what 
tell us about that, man. What led up to this? Well, and yeah, let's talk about the Leadville curse for Luke's Leadville curse. Well, I think is the best way to appropriately say. It. I don't want to say any any of my compatriots or fellow racers are cursed. Oh, with your, it, your bike was so fucking cursed when I had it in here. Oh, like, I, oh, this this is actually real. I thought he was fucking. No, with me. literally this, every day I get a new phone call from Richie. Like, bro, sure, I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he goes, it was fine, and now it's not fine. So, but then it was fine. It was super it was fine. totally fine. You know, and and. Uh, I'd want to make sure before we end this that I thank the proper people, you know, that this, this, this is going to go up on a, a bike site. Uh, hopefully you're going to let me share it. Uh, yeah, sure. Share the link to uh, a bicycle shop up in California that, Dope. that also really helped me out and it's currently helping my son out as well. And so um, I, I want to give shout outs to the proper people because this has been a long journey. As I said, it started in 2018 at the Tahoe trail 100, which is an actual qualifier race for the Leadville. Um, race series, um, the Leadville 100 in specific, like I said, the only way you can get in is to be top three in your age group at a qualifier race or to, uh, win a lottery drawing. So at the end of all these qualifier races, you put your number, those people who didn't qualify through a podium, getting a podium, they put their number in a basket and, uh, the announcer draws numbers. And if they draw your number, they give you a coin and then a little piece of paper with a early entry um code and you have seven days to decide whether you're going to race it this year or you're going to race it next year so my decision at that time that race was in july or yeah july of 2018 i had the choice of racing the august of 2018 100 race or wait until 2019 um at the time i was living and racing out of northern california a little place called santa rosa racing and riding for a uh, team and a uh, bike shop named breakaway bicycles um, yeah, and, and yeah, shout out to those guys and Kevin Gambini, the owner of the store. Um, and they were they were sponsoring me at the time, and I honestly wasn't taking the 100 very seriously. You know, it was more of a colloquial race for Tahoe and just one of those things, getting ready for other local series races. But I I got my number called, and like I literally broke into tears. I jumped up like I had literally won the lottery. I was so stoked because it was a bucket list thing, you know. But sure. I'm one of those guys who could go play bingo every night for three months and never win a cent, you know. <laughs> like, and so for me to win something, and then not just something, but something that meant so much to me, it was awesome because we had some friends there at the moment that were sharing it with us, and I man, I jumped up like I had just won, literally won the lottery, and so. That's where the Leadville journey really started for me. It was June of 2000, June of 2018 at the Leadville or the uh, Tahoe Trail 100, which is part of the uh, lifetime series events um, for um, qualifying to get into the Leadville Trail Trail Race. So you've got to you've got to qualify at one of these races. Yes, qualify or win a lottery entry into it. It's not both. It's or. It's either or. Yes, ah. that's the two ways you can get into the race. Um, there's no invites. Pros are not just automatically allowed in this race. They have to go out and win a qualifier race. I think it's changed now because it's part of the 100 is part of the lifetime race series. You know, the big gravel and mountain bike race series. I think it's eight races long that they're racing for a hundred thousand dollar prize in the men's and a hundred thousand dollar prize in the women's over eight races. I want to say it is. So this is one of those races, as you'll hear in my race this year. If you followed the 2023 race, Keegan Swenson broke the course record, smashed the course record, and he's currently him and um, uh, on the female side, uh, Sophia. She she sl just crushed it again. So, but to get back in line with the story and keep the timeline right, you know, I, I was targeting 2019. I was racing and I was racing a lot and doing well. 
in endurance type events. I'd raced some eight hours and some six hours. And um, I had just placed fourth overall, not overall, but age group in uh, the Grasshopper Adventure Series out in California, which is a, a time, I think it was a five race series put on, which is uh, long gravel races. Basically, shortest one I think was uh, low gap. And I think that was like 40 miles with like four or 5,000 feet of climbing. Brings out all the top gravel pros early season stuff. But I'd done really well in that series. So I was like, you know what? 2019, I'm going to target it. I'm going to go sub nine. I'm going to get a big buckle. I'm going to get a big belt buckle there. And so um, got locked into my training. I had a real good training partner. Uh, shout out to Jason King um, from Santa Rosa. He's a former Neo Pro for Bissell Road Racing. And uh, the guy's an awesome mountain biker. He's, he's one of the super fast guys in Northern California that nobody really talks about because he doesn't race big races and but he could definitely get it down and so he uh he helped me uh, with some training and pushing me hard and pushing me past my boundaries and um just kind of fast forward into 2019 i was in great form health fitness everything was going great and i had signed up for the Truckee dirt fondo which is a uh gravel race up in Truckee, Truckee, california up or up near uh, north lake tahoe and goes over some pretty high passes up there, and one of them's a Mosquito Pass. And we were climbing up Mosquito Pass, and um, we started descending off Mosquito Pass. And I was actually, though it was a gravel race, it was one of those races, it was, it was um, rough enough that I rode a hardtail mountain bike for that race. And a lot of people rode hardtails. Uh, what it did is it gave me a little too much confidence on the downhill. I went OTB, and the last reading my Garmin had was 36 miles an hour. Oh. OTB. Um, the My friend, Jason, who was riding behind me, said all he saw was a cloud of dust and a bike flipping through the air, and then he found me unconscious, basically laid on the side of the trail. Uh. Um, all the people that I had passed ruthlessly had just, like, basically rode by me because – you know, it's it's about being courteous on the trails. At that time, I was not being courteous, so maybe karma caught up with me a little bit because <laughs> um, I was ripping, you know, because I was <laughs> I was on one, and it bit me. And so uh, nah, right. ended up a uh, two-hour uh, kind of uh, logging a, a logger, like a, a an actual logger up in the forest up there. He came through and picked us up on the side of the road. I took a two-hour ride out logging roads just to get back to the Truckee hospital Durham. and this is at the grade three uh separated shoulder a, a former ski patroller was riding a safety patrol on a motorcycle and came up behind me and he's like yeah dude i'm looking at your shoulder and you you're you're <laughs> you need to go to the hospital um so went to the hospital and needless to say i had a full slate like i literally had paid for nine ten races leading up to uh leadville i was on track and that all went away literally in a blink, uh, snap of fingers, blink of an eye. And uh, so that was in 2019. Um, I don't really need to talk a lot about what happened in 2020 um, because the world kind of came to a screeching halt. Right. And um, and it's all because I was like, okay, 2019 is done. I deferred it to 2020. Uh, pandemic happens. <clears throat> no race. Excuse me. <clears throat> and no race. And then... Um, they did a 100,000-foot climbing challenge. I'm actually wearing the shirt today, and it tells you, like, how far you climbed, and you had to do that in 50 days. You had to climb 100,000 feet, so Jeez. roughly 2,000 feet a day. So I did that, and they give you this tiny little pewter belt buckle. It's about an inch by two inches. It's still cool. I have it up above my uh, pegboard in my, in my garage, but um, it's not the buckle, <laughs> like the one I'm actually wearing right now, um, the finisher's buckle. So... 
you know, it, it, but it was something to keep me motivated through the pandemic, which was awesome. And um, I retired from 30 years in, of military service or Coast Guard service, I'll say, in um, 2021 summer. <clears throat> so that wasn't really aligning with a Leadville try. So I deferred again to 2022 and uh 2022 again um life dealt me some dealt me some cards that weren't gonna allow me to go ahead and race and so i deferred to 23 now we're in 2023 this is this journey has been five years to this point oh and it seemed like every time like i was gonna start getting focused on it something would happen um and so here we are in 23 things are going great Uh, my son is is all in on gravel super fast kid came out to ride the real bravo gravel grinder first annual inaugural smashed it and i tell you what my son freaking smashed it just smashed it and uh what up zach yeah zach (laughs) shout out to my to my son and he's still out taking down crowns in uh, Northern California right now as we speak. Um, Not easy to do out there either. No, he's he, a lot kid, of fast guys. And, and those, ladies if you meet him, Cali. a lot of people go, you've only been riding a gravel bike for eight months, like really racing bikes for eight months. Oh and yeah, so when he won Rio Bravo, he'd only been riding six months. That is crazy. And so he, uh, so we get to Rio Bravo. We start Rio Bravo. It's a great start. We're making the initial climb. And uh, we're about 10 minutes in, and we're into the, uh, what, do they, what do they call that section back there, the Sand Snake or something like that? Or Sidewinder. Oh, it's Sidewinder. Yeah, Sidewinder. So if anybody has ridden that course, they know it's super sandy. I had pre-rode the course numerous times. I think I had actually had held the course record at that time when we, I was the KOM on fastest known time for that, that course, one lap. And so I was pretty feeling pretty confident. I was going into it kind of slow, letting the young guys like my son go right up the road. And I was like, I'll come to you in the third lap. <laughs> well, let's say that I was going through the uh, sidewinder. Eddie Cabos was right on my wheel. Shout out to Eddie. And we were kind of working together, two old guys going with awesome facial hair. <laughs> and uh, we, we were cruising and having a good time going through there. And there was a little root sticking out of the side of a sand dune. Um, I caught my left pedal. I was actually still pedaling. I wasn't even coasting. I was pedaling. And so when I went through, it just happened. The wheel kicked it up, caught my, caught my left pedal. I went over the bars, but this time at 18 miles an hour into soft sand. So you would think the outcome would have been far better than 2019. Kind of was, wasn't it? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then instead of separating my shoulder this time, I, I clean fracture of the distal head of the right clavicle. Broke your collarbone. Yeah, broke it, and I felt underneath my hydro pack, and I could feel it kind of up, and I was like, oh, okay, I, a lot of adrenaline going, so I kept riding with Eddie. Mm-hmm. I got back on my bike. Eddie got my bike straight. We rode on, got out onto the gas line, and um, we went over through a sand, the deep, deep sand and the ga- where they had all the skeletons and the volleyball net set up. Mm-hmm. I went through that. The front tire kind of went in, and then the bone popped down, oh. like reset itself. And like knocked me off the bike again because it just the wave of pain. And so, luckily, I could see uh, my El Paso club up there, the Lost Dog Chainbreakers, uh, with their aid station out there at the crossroads, and they were there. So, uh, Ruben gave me a ride back to the start. Um, my son was on one; I could feel it from the beginning. So I rigged a, a sling out of my belt in mil- true military style, a little triage. <laughs> uh, rigged that. Um, 
got some support from my buddy Mark Wancho and uh, then hung out with um, with Brian Ubinger and his wife at the uh, finish line waiting for my son to come across and cheering, cheering everybody, cheering <laughs> everyone that crossed the line. Um, patiently in pain waiting for my son to come. Nice. Um, the dark side of it was like I had, at that time, I was pretty sure my Leadville, my trek to Leadville in 23 was over. And so the curse had bit me again. And, you know, here we are, June 3rd. Um, Leadville trail races on August 12th. That was, <laughs> by my math, not very long <laughs> <laughs> to get to get back, uh, basically two months to get into riding shape and finish the hardest one-day mountain bike race in the United States. So um, my son won. Yeah. Won impressively. Um, Congrats, Zach. That was dope. And, you know, it was awesome to be there for my son's very first overall victory, which was like I would could talk about that for another whole entire podcast. Um, but that was awesome to, to get to witness that, and I'm so glad that I did tough it out and wait. Though it was really nice knowing the race organizer, and I looked at Mario and I said, dude, <laughs> let's make the podium right now. Let's get these guys over here because I need to go to the hospital like <laughs> yesterday, dude. I got to go. and. And Mario's like done and he got him up there. He did a really nice announcement and he got it done. Um, so go to the hospital. Yeah. It's a clean break for sure. Um, I'm like timeline. I'm asking the ER doc timeline. Like where are we at before I can get back on like the Peloton or something like that to get some cardio going. Cause I got a big thing coming. See, because I did a really foolish thing. I didn't tell my wife that I broke my collarbone when I did. And so she didn't know until I came home with my son from the bike race. No. And so she had no idea. She was less than pleased. Um, my wife, I tell you, you want to talk about shout out to somebody who's put up with a lot of bike racing BS, my wife. And <laughs> the fact that we we're going to be married 20 years this year is pretty amazing that she's Aww. put up with that stuff. So, Congratulations. so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so she basically said, you're done racing bikes. Like no more, you're not putting any more numbers on after Leadville. This Leadville is it. And she goes, that's if you can get to Leadville. So you better get to Lead. She goes, you had better get to Leadville or you're not ever going to race Leadville because we're not going to pay. Because every time you defer, you have to pay money. So it's not a free deferral. So you have to pay like half your entry in order to roll it to the next year. And so she's like, we're not doing that anymore, Luke. You hear me. We're like, no, we've done this a lot. And she goes, the other times were not really your fault. That's the world. She goes, and I'll give you your broken shoulder the first time. She goes, but now this is... This is totally different. And so, um, you know, I got, I have one of those big desk calendars. It's kind of a hangover for me in the military. You know, I go down to Office <laughs> Depot and buy this big one with all the, the paper on it that I can scribble and make, make doodles on and stuff and then write semi-important things on. So uh, anyway, I got home from the hospital and I, the doctor said, like, well, you shouldn't probably ride bikes for six weeks. I knew that wasn't right because I was going to be on – I had already made up my mind that I was going to be all back on the Peloton in a week. Um, and I, so I did. And so ortho's like, look, here's what it is, Luke. You can do it. It's going to be semi healed. Like there's going to be callousing on the bone. But if you wreck, you wreck, you fall over, you trip and stumble and fall. You're done. He says that will go. And you're, it's not, it's not about, just laying around and healing up because you're going to go get surgery again. So just understand that and approach it like that. And he's like, you can ride on the road, but you need to ride your mountain bike on the road. 
you're not supposed to, I don't want you riding a gravel bike on the road. And I'm like, wink, wink, nod, nod. Sure. Like I'm gonna ride my gravel bike. And you know, I, and I'm, I'm openly saying, yeah, you know, it was one of those things like I have to get miles and I got to do this. And, you know, going back, my son, he was back that time. He was back in California and he sat with me on the phone and we, he helped me put together a plan of attack to make this happen. Sick. And so, um, what I needed was a working bike. <laughs> so knowing what I had, a, kind of, kind of what I had ahead of me and what I needed to have for my steed, um, I brought my bike to rad dog cyclery to my, my boy and, uh, my wrench. Yeah, man. To make it work. So I'm going to give you, you your parts of the, the Leadville curse. Well, you showed up. <laughs> I, I knew about the, I reached out, like, how does Zach do? And, oh, yeah. And like, so, and, and you're like, and I, you told me what happened. And you hobbled in here <laughs> like a broken wing and this bike. And you're like, I have, I forget what the timeline was. I think it was six weeks six or something. Weeks. Yeah. yeah six so weeks. like do a full overhaul, like all the kit and caboodle, which is, great which is plenty of time you know like that's 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 an eternity for any normal bike that's not cursed <laughs> but this <laughs> machine I, I won't get into the details but like not important but it was just like one thing after another after another and it wasn't that like i did i and i started working on it when you brought it in and it was like okay speed bump yeah it's gonna take time to you know it's gonna take some time and it's like, okay that's fixed oh shit now that now there's this other speed bump that is like, and oh, and then the whole thing about the part that your rear axle. So you yeah. broke your rear axle, and then I order it, and it's like, where the hell is this thing? And then it's like bouncing around the U.S. I'm over here tracking it and stuff. Next thing you know, I'm like, it's over. In, yeah, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it came from fucking California, but it's in Pennsylvania. It was supposed yeah. to be here two days ago, three days ago. It's like where it was just stuff like that kept happening, just like weird stuff. But, um, but man, I remember being like, being in here and then one fucking, like one day before you were taking off yeah. and being like, what? And I, re- it was I 24 recalled, hours before. I remember like, yeah, dude, I remember going like, wait a minute. Uh, like, where did I go wrong? You know? And I'm like looking at the, I just kind of step back and like, okay, when you brought it in and just kind of like the whole chain of events and I'm like, no, it was just bullshit after bullshit that just took time you know like yeah. ordering this or that and that once we got over one speed bump it was like it shined light on another issue that we wouldn't yeah. have known otherwise or whatever right just getting the bike running again took took a while but at the end it worked out i was pulling my hair out and <laughs> was very convinced because he so luke told me all about this curse and i'm like yeah dude like come on whatever and when i'm yeah well his curse (laughs) was like i could never get to leadville oh like like yeah like getting to leadville and it's bad enough that his fucking collarbone's all busted and he's like all into the gun with time and stuff but then like i'm sweating bullets over here because i'm like this guy's over here like he's gonna heal and go out there and like he needs a bike dude (laughs) yeah that was crazy but it worked out it worked out yeah. and I got the bike the day before, but that, whew, that wasn't, see, I said a little, I, I, I prayed to the bike gods and I spat some right, like yeah. uh, holy lube on it and shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, please, God, please. Like just, just don't well, fall apart. I think at Get that point you were just like, please roll it out the door and put it on your bike rack. <laughs> so it's no longer my problem. Every time, dude, every time there's a race, like I, I'm so, um, 
first of all, I love racing. Yeah. I love everything about it. I love working on these nice race rigs. Ivan's bike was in here and he yeah. was, yeah, he's always fun to chat with because he was like, dude, you know, like I, he was an ex pro, yeah. he's, he's an ex pro, uh, a super bike yeah. know, guy, motorcycles. And, and I, I kind of know a little bit about that world, being friends with Tyson for so long and growing up around him being a pro motocrosser, privateer and all that. And just like everything, like you try to squeeze speed out of everything, the bike yeah. yourself, you know, the, everything. Right. Um, so to do something like what, uh, Swenson. Yeah. Did, Keegan did. Yeah. yeah. Um, for everything to line up, whether your, your body, like having no mechanicals, not having a wreck, a flat or whatever the hell, like your, everything, just everything lining up. It, it takes a lot to do something and then to smash the record like he did. But even just to like fucking apparently just show up to Leadville, like in your situation or what, and you know, there's like, a lot riding on it, man. So like the pressures, you know, your, your wife, fucking my, you know, my part, your part, everyone's like the, you know, I'm sure the doctors are like really trying to get you there too. And, and he was, training, you know, all of just, it. just be, you know, and then the training part, it's, you got it. You got to be with the right people in the right mindset, because if you're not, if you're not pushing yourself to go to something like this, like it's, it gets real hard. And, you know, part of that plan that, that I had was, you know, leave here and go up to Cloudcroft to get up to, you know, 88, 8,900 feet in camp for a week to kind of stare set my elevation. Cause I knew that was the only way I could accl acclimate to 10,000 feet, which is where Leadville starts at. Well, how high does it go? goes up to 12, five. Yeah. And you climb back up over eleven thousand through the course of the race. You go over eleven thousand. I think it's a yeah. total of five times. That's just crazy, man. And with your average elevation, I think is like ten two for the the whole race. So you're basically racing above ten thousand feet for a hundred miles with eleven thousand feet of climbing. Damn. And I'm saying squeeze it, like anywhere you can. Yeah. You know? And so you Ivan, know, uh, some cool shit that he did actually. Oh, yeah? Like he calls me up. He's like, "Hey, dude. So like." Where I know his bike well, you know, he brings it to me. Same thing, like, yo, I'm going to Leadville, whatever. It's super stoked to have the support of so many cool people, honestly. Um, Tyler, too. Fucking Tyler, though. A guy bringing my, bringing your, my, my bike, my you're, old bike. You're bringing my bike back. My, yeah, he, he bought my old bike, and, and it was cool to see it come in, but um, that guy rides, man. And it's it's awesome to see, like, these bikes come in, and they're all clapped out and shit, and then, like, getting them back. Like the, the before and after is super satisfying. Um, but he did great. That was awesome. He brought his bike into me like not six weeks before. Yeah. You know, I'll just say yeah. that. And then Ivan's, I was on vacation with the kiddos. We actually went up to Cloudcroft, I mean, uh, to Colorado. Um, and, and I'm chatting with Ivan, you know, on the road about like getting like a, you know, ceramic Chris King bottom bracket or yeah. like seeing what we can do. And like, for example, we, uh, we, on Chris King bearings, there was, there you can take them apart yep. and service them and like put them back together and stuff. They're, that's what's so cool about them. And they, they wear in, they get faster the, the older they get. But Chris King, there's a, there's an old like interview that I saw online, him talking about, uh, on race day going dry. Yeah. And I remember being like, Hmm. So I called King and, and talked to some, some of their people and, and, uh, they were like, Oh yeah. Like you could totally just like, run the bearings dry and they're super fast but only for race day and all this stuff yeah. or like put like a drop of oil yeah of the ring dry. Or, yeah right and uh man it was really cool i i had always like for years i'd known about that and i wanted to 
try it out. <laughs> and he was when he was like, "What can we do?" I was like, "Wow, your bottom bracket's just like some plain Jane like SRAM whatever stock bottom bracket. And you got this like Ferrari of a bike everywhere else." I was like, "What about a ceramic Chris King bottom bracket?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's like, "Tell me more." So I was like, I explained all that to him, and he was like, "That sounds sick." I was like, "Dude, I've always wanted to try this. Like, <laughs> let's do <laughs> like, it. Send it. Send it." And we did, and it it was cool. Like we ordered one, got it in. I did this this hack. I had a again like great support from Chris King. They sent like extra seals just in case I fucked up or whatever. They're like, and this one dude was like, actually, if you take an exacto knife and you like cut the little bit of the seal off so it's not rubbing on the inner race, it even it gets uh, rid of like even let or wow. there's even less, less drag. drag yeah. So he was all in like nerding out with me, <laughs> like <laughs> driving in the middle of fucking nowhere, New Mexico. Now 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 I'm worried that that my son's going to hear this cast and he's going to be like, all right, I got to go do some doctoring on the, on the <laughs> step make it faster. so what the, what the Chris King dude told me, like having this conversation, it led down the wormhole. Like what else can we do? He's like, if he has our wheels, um, he could do that with the wheels too. But, um, what do you say? The like Cavendish and the dimension data team yeah. was on there. Like they, there was a time when they had Chris Kings and they actually made special seals that had the inner, like it wouldn't touch the inner. Oh, race. Wow. So he's like, we don't sell those. That was just like a factory thing, but he's like, you could just like cut it out. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> yeah. It might be jagged, but just get it off the, <laughs> the race. So it was just like, I, I love all that stuff, dude. Yeah. You know, that's like, there's always room for improvement. There's always like, like, it's just fun. Yeah. Like that part of it, like geeking out on all that stuff. So like when you brought your bike in or I don't know, I guess now I'm just talking about like just geeking out on race rigs and it was cool, man. It was cool to see you guys, um, come and, pick up your stuff and feel the vibe get all stoked it's like yeah. rooting for you and just like waiting to hear back and just being like the, i remember race day actually i was like for all three of you dudes i was like fuck man like please <laughs> like just well, I don't come know on about bikes them. i had i had four race days in leadville oh I did, yeah. yeah i did this stage race before so i had three days of stage race two weeks before and then I had the race, so I did. So like this motherfucker's four, in a need of race days. <laughs> Another full fucking overhaul before he gets to Leadville. That, that was actually the <laughs> comment, like when uh, you were coming home, I believe, when you said, "Hey, maybe we can meet up for dinner or whatever." You're like, "I'm like, dude, this bike probably needs an overhaul before the 100." <laughs> I think, I think that's, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's another story. But you know, it's funny because when I picked up the bike here, the curse wasn't done with me yet, man. Uh-huh. Like I don't know if you heard. So I was taking my my wife has a four door Rubicon. Uh, Jeep Wrangler and I said I'm going to be the good husband and take it get an oil change and stuff before I go tow a trailer a thousand miles and you know that's one of those things I normally do like on my own well I went to a an oil change place we'll say up in Las Cruces and I don't use air quotes because it's a national chain I'm just not going to like blast uh. them on here <laughs> and and so um, I went in and uh, Jeep's running fine right like easy yeah just the same just this what what the manufacturer says put in and he says oh yeah you need a new air filter great put a put an air filter in it start it up they do their little pressure test make sure show you there's a dipstick with oil on it right and i go okay and they button up the hood and they're like all right sir you're good to go i'm like all right awesome i'm just gonna say you should have went to ramones bro man it's so bad this is so freaking bad (laughs) i know shit like i haven't got the jeep out of their little stall garage pit garage thing and i get flashing lights and bells on my dashboard it says low oil pressure and i am like 
what? And I'm like, yo, and I start calling over there. So anyway, this led into it. That day was 103. It was like it is today. It was broiling out, right? And I'm supposed to be leaving that afternoon to uh, go to Cloudcroft. And this is after I've got my bike from you, right? You're Trailer, so cursed. Tra- trailer's this? loaded, dude. Like, everything's ready to go. Now I've got a How's Jeep. How's your blood pressure, though, is what I want to know. Like, how I didn't yeah, have another heart attack. Like <laughs> your blood pressure's like, yeah. Let's, let's just say Luke will be changing his oil forever by himself ever again. Oh, my gosh, with one arm. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, so uh, I... I fought this problem. Um, there's a long saga with Jeep, the new Jeeps and where their oil pressure sensor is. And we'll just say it's in the valley. And if you know anything about a V6 in a Jeep Wrangler, you know what in the valley is. It's under the upper and lower manifold to change that pressure sensor, which is about a three-hour gig in a 100-degree garage trying to get it to run. And um, what we think we figured out is they put the wrong oil in it. So if you don't put synthetic 520 in there, guess what? You get an oil pressure light. I didn't know that at the time. I was just trying to get out of town so I could go start my Leadville training. And uh, so I took my Jeep, which had been literally flogged over the winter skiing. Like it was my Jeep usually has two seasons. It's got jeeping season and it's got ski season. And I beat the crap out of it in both of them. And if you treat it like you treat your bike, then I can attest to that. Hey, calm down. Like, <laughs> no, no, bro, bro. that's what they're for. That's what they're <laughs> so, for. So anyway, uh, I'm not talking shit. so I go like, okay. And so I hook my Jeep on to the trailer and put my wife's Jeep broken in the garage. Thank God she's got her car to drive to and from work. Or I'd been, I wouldn't have been going anywhere. I would not have gotten to Leadville. So, um, went up to, uh, Cloudcroft, uh, uneventful did some training ran into bobby weathersby up there and, bobby and uh reminisced uh, shared some mike rossin stories and yeah and, good old rossin yeah so, I shared know one some of, two of those yeah some rossin stories and then after some rossin stories you know whatever um side so point, note we got to get that motherfucker yeah dude we got to get him we we didn't like to, i think go, tie him down mug, like, right. mug him or something mm-hmm. like just set out stock totally put, just, ski mask the whole yes. thing yeah Yes. Okay. Good deal. Okay. Sorry. And, and now that we've made that public information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, get up there, go up to, from there I left and I went to angel fire with my bike training seemed to go, go, go pretty well. Um, I did catch a lot of flack from my fellow El Pasoans who go to Angel Fire to ride gravity because I normally go up there to ride gravity. I've even got a season pass to the place. I will tell you that I rode for seven days there, never rode the lift once, and rode to the top of the mountain many times in training. And every time I'd post something, uh, people like Eric Sotomayor and, and a few <laughs> others like, dude, you're the only guy I know who goes to Angel Fire to ride to the top, not ride down from the top. And so it, was, it, it provided some good comedy well now it's time to go to leadville from there you know i'm nervous at this point because like i'm waiting for the curse to yeah, come i right? wonder why well, yeah. i'm nervous like i just need to get to leadville as soon as i'm there i might relax you know i could see luke like going into the porter john <laughs> race morning like all right now what the fuck is yeah it? like am i gonna get rattlesnake in here <laughs> exactly like, what's going on brown recluse like, oh, i know dude right so balls or something yeah terrible. exactly curse so um but you know what Sorry. i get to leadville and i've got this chirp coming out from beneath my jeep and uh so basically i had to turn my jeep into a two-wheel drive for the entire time i was in leadville so the universal joints were going bad in the in the front drive shaft and so 
a lot of uh, campground banging, a lot of b- campground neighbors looking at me like, why is this kid underneath his, I say kid, this guy <laughs> underneath his Jeep every day banging and pulling skid plates off and bike guards are bike guards are fucking laughing dude just like and, and shoulder to shoulder like what check this shit out okay and then so <laughs> little known fact the only person who knows this until this podcast airs and besides the people in this room now my son is um three days my third day in leadville i'm riding the, the turquoise lake trail out to uh carter summit and you take it out there and it's a cool single track goes right along there by some old abandoned mines beautiful beautiful spot and uh, just a simple kind of like what we wouldn't even call technical out here in El Paso. Like you go over towards Brujos or anything. This is not technical uphill. Like you could, any, we could climb any El Pasoan can climb this any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, I got my front tire hooked up in a rock and I went OTB. Oh, no. Straight, no. straight, bad shoulder, hand down. I didn't land on the shoulder. I landed hand out straight. But the shock wave that sent through my shoulders was like. Uh, so you were talking about the curse, right? So, and I was just like, Jesus, this just happened. I probably just broke my shoulder again. Like I was so concerned and I had a, I had that same adrenaline hit when I broke it. And I was like, Oh God, you know, like, did I just, did I just end this? And it's like one of those where you have to wait a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a day or two and wait and see, let the Uh, adrenaline come off, you know, and see, make sure there's no bruising. And so, you know, but I'm now I'm in the, I'm in the thick of it. You know, at this point I'm riding 30 miles to 40 miles a day, five to 6,000 feet of climbing. Like min, my, my minimum, if you look on Strava, I think the smallest day I had prior to race week for the 100, I don't think I ever rode less than 3,000 feet of climbing every day. You're doing like, you're doing like the puzzle there every day. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like the, like the long course puzzler every day is what I was basically training. Like when I was la, la, la. Okay, not, babe, not, I'll see you after not, lunch. I'm going to go do the yeah, puzzler you know, for the And the scary thing was is when, when this was going on, my wife hadn't got to Colorado yet. So I was still on my own. I was still out there soloing. You know, like, Did you tell her you, re- you no, wrecked on oh, your no, own? No, 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 no. Like I said, when she hears this podcast, she'll find out. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. So, about that part. so anyway, yeah. Always surprises. She loves those. Not really. <laughs> Deep breaths, Carla. Yeah, I love you, babe. Uh, so anyway, I... So here I've got this Jeep that's making all kinds of weird noises at me because it's telling me basically I had to, I don't love it anymore. And so I drive it. I limp it. Like, I'm so scared. to. Dr- I'm scared to drive my Jeep to Denver to get my wife at this point. And, like, I'm <laughs> that concerned about its running capabilities. Dude. And so um, I get in there, get my dog, get my wife. I get back to Leadville. And I'm like, I felt like this four tons was lifted off my shoulder. Thank God because my shoulder still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, here I am with, like, probably maybe semi rebroken shoulder. And I'm like, I'm still doing this at this point. I am two days out from the stage race, which is 40 miles and 4,000 feet of climbing 20 miles. And was it 20 miles and three and a half thousand feet of climbing? Then 40 miles and 4,000 feet of climbing at elevation, at elevation, everything. Jeez. And so Louise. so the second day you, do, you climb Columbine and the first day you do the first 40 miles of the course. And then they, stop overnight climb column by the next day and then go back the other direction on the third day and so um luckily we moved into this campground called sugarloaf in there it's right near um is right near turquoise lake it's super awesome great spot people there are amazing uh, moved into there and there's a bunch of cyclists in there really cool community it's funny when i left there on sunday after the 100 um, I was just exchanging texts with some of the friends we met there that 
I miss this community. I miss yeah. that. I miss waking up in the morning at six and like seeing bikes and everybody's like rolling out with each other and doing things and, or walking the dogs and everybody's like, Hey, you know, and it's, it's like cheers, man. Everybody, like everybody knows your name. Yeah, shit, you dude. Know? Um, and Gosh, so, so feel. super, super cool vibe. Like it really reminded me of the old days of mountain biking. Honest to God, the old days of mountain biking, like where you would show up at a race and mm-hmm. it was community, man. Like everybody, and it's still that way, but not, it like it reminded me of like early two thousands, yeah, dude. New Mexico off road series where people would show up and it would be a party on Thursday and we'd race <laughs> our butts off on yes. Saturday and then haul ass home on Sunday type yes. shit, you know, like Coyote. I remember, that was the Coyote. Oh yeah, classic, that was the Coyote. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean all the, all that series. Like it just reminded me of old school, old school stuff. And um, it is again actually. Uh, I'd have to double check, but I want to say that the coyote classic is part of the is the season ender for the new mexico opera yeah, series going, this year it's going in december right right december f- yeah over in Saturday. the franklin's at the old venue exactly a, a month after the 12 hours of volta paso yeah so i yeah. think it's the by the way part. sign up fuckers mm-hmm. yeah i'll be there yeah that's right i'm talking to you i'll, I'll be there I'll yeah be you. There. i gotta get back on the podium again Looking over your shoulder yes <laughs> you you sign yeah. up i know you're listening i'm to stoked podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So um, I'm, we're not doing it, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, Mario and the I forgot what his um, race company or whatever is called. Promoter, yeah, promoter uh, but basically, for those of you out there who don't know, Mario's putting out. The, he's putting on the Twelve Hours of Old El Paso, and he's taking over the reins for the Coyote Classic this year. So it is happening. Um, Rad Dog is going to have a presence there. Of course, we're going to help out in any way for this transitional year, but we're not. But we, you know, we brought it back and the shop. So, yep. so we're you doing bre- shop stuff. We're focused yeah. on the shop right now. So, yeah. breathe life into it. Yeah, man. Thank goodness, because man, I'm just so thankful for for him to to take it on. And I didn't make it easy on him and Jans. Jans is the the dude the the in the New Mexico off road series. Yep homie who reached out uh just after we did the coyote last year and was like bro awesome race Mm -hmm. so stoked that it's back um let's you know let's get it on the on the ticket on the schedule for the new mexico off-road series and uh so that's all happening i'm really so grateful that's That's all happening and i'm so stoked that i'm not going to be doing it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a little stressful towards the end last year it's a labor of love but geez louise man just racing every aspect of racing it just like takes so much energy well it can it can i guess maybe it doesn't have to because there are some races that feel so fucking chill yeah like the ep enduro absolutely is way chill (laughs) yeah everyone should register for that shit like right now that race is so fun i feel like it's a good time and a good vibe that's again going back to like the 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 core of what i remember mountain bike racing used to, used yeah, to be you know, like everybody hang out afterwards barbecue yeah, a few yeah, beers yeah. few sodas hang out make a weekend of it like yeah. just celebrate mountain biking like you know hit it hard sure and i'll tell you everybody out there on, that you know? i know will help anybody who's new and are, are afraid of it or not not wondering you know, wondering if they can do it i'll tell you what everybody out there that i know that I've ever rode with out there, and I've rode with everybody. I rode the whole entire series last year for uh, EP Enduro. Everybody will help people get better, and that's awesome. I mean, it's not cutthroat at all. It's <laughs> no, it's really all. it's really about going out and suffering up some hills to get some rad downhills. Is you, all it is. You know what's really cool? <laughs> so I thought it's about, really good. I got dead fucking last last year. Um, proudly, <laughs> uh, yeah, at uh, the monks. Yeah, um, Enduro. 
and it was sick. It was a super last minute entry and just like, I'm, I, I love what Pablo's doing with all that. The EP Enduro is like, yeah, we're going to support it this year too. It's going to be great. But, um, so, so joining in that race, uh, coming from a BMX or like skateboard background, uh, I got that vibe from it, dude. So like yeah. riding up, there's no pressure on going up. Right. And then there's a line for the drop in, you know, it's, it reminded me of like waiting on top of the skateboard ramp, you know, like yeah. the mini ramp or whatever the deck and it's like, or like the pool or empty pool or whatever, where like you're taking runs one at a time. And when you're doing your thing, everyone's like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, cheering you on, getting stoked. Uh, and it's just, it was like this unique feeling of this, like this support, this unique, you, I don't, it's different than like a cross country race or like oh, an, an endurance on thing. It was like, it was like a skate session, dude. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking cool. Like there's, there's just a different vibe here. I feel like I'm on my BMX bike hanging with like the homies and we're just sessioning the park or sessioning the trails or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, the, man, that, that was my biggest takeaway. And you got to do that time and time again. And then you huff your ass up the next hill or whatever. It was a bitch. And, then you get to the top, you're like bullshitting with everybody. Yeah, how was that last run? Oh yeah, this and then, and always so and so dropping in. Fuck yeah, so and so. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's real. so dope, dude. It's yeah. so dope. It's a different type of racing that's like super chill, and also super wild. It feeds that like woo part of it. You know, oh, what I yeah. mean? like you want you want to show out for your friends. Like it's you such know, a there's, cool. Setup. There's a lot of really cool kind of like sub trash talking like oh i'm gonna get you you know like but yeah I got, I got i got some of my guys out there they know who they it's are it's that you skate know? surfer oh, hesh yeah. vibe for sure oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's odd which i'm like all about i'm oh, like I, full rad, on i've been told rad dog is actually a surf company and i agree 100 percent. 100 percent. well just yeah a bunch of i surfers, mean dude. Let, let's go let's go back to the podium shot for me you know <laughs> yes. like at, at at the ep enduro like we rattle can re rattle can like an old v-neck white undershirt with rad dog on it and oh, that's how i got on the podium with it the you best, know the I mean? one of a kind man I, it's sit dude it sits in my bike room in a place of honor so it's awesome well but, leadville so like i've never been i've been right. i've been to leadville driven through it I actually called you when we yeah. were driving through and we didn't link up whatever that was great though hearing your voice and driving through leadville but the town itself uh is what i'm getting at it was like it was cool dude to just I don't know. It's such a small ass, little small. tiny ass town. If you haven't been to Leadville, it's just like you're in and out. In in, it's like it's like driving through fucking Fabens or something. I think it's literally a one stoplight town. No, it's two two stoplights because you have the one down at Safeway where you enter town from the north, and then you have the one in direct middle downtown on Harrison and yeah. Six. It's like Marfa, literally yeah. as the size yeah. of Marfa. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been to Marfa, it's like it's little, yeah. but then. Yeah, all the videos that I've seen, like the EF cycling, uh, um, oh, yeah. alt racing, Altura, like yeah. following Lackland, and I know they did a Leadville, uh, one a while. That was like a couple, few years ago. They made one. This was pre-pandemic, I want to yeah. say. Um, and so the the what's the dude's name, dude? The race organizer, Ken. Ken, Ken is Clover, in that yeah. video. Pretty sure. Yeah. 
Dude, so, tell the Ken story. Okay, I'll tell the Ken story. Say, so, so long story short, I made it. I got through the stage race. Um, I well, missed. fuck that. No, let's talk okay. about the race. Okay, Ken can wait. Sorry, okay, Ken can wait because Ken's at the end of the. Yes, yes, yes. My bad. I'm getting ahead so, of myself. So, um, I did race the stage race. I did pretty well there. I finished in uh, eight hours and twelve minutes. In order to get the big buckle in the three day stage race, you have to finish under sub eight. Um, yeah, so I missed it by 12 minutes, which is good. And that's on a broken shoulder. Okay, that's with minimal training. That's just me winging it and my son and I trying to throw cobble something together and make it happen. You're going to ride it again, fucker? I, yeah, dude, because here's Carla's the like, yeah, no, Car- you're going to ride it again. <laughs> no, Carla knows because she was there for it when it happened. So, um, like I said, the way you get into the race across the sky is you have to either get top three in your age group or you have to get in by lottery. And it's either a lottery at one of the qualifier races or in December for gen pop for the general population who hasn't been racing the qualifiers, they put up, let's say a hundred, I don't know what the exact number is. So don't quote me, but say a hundred entries and then people apply online and you get your name pulled out of a hat. And if you're one of those random entries, then they'll call you and then you'll get an entry into the race. It's the only ways you can get into the race period. You have to be fast as shit or lucky Lucky as as hell. (laughs) So, um, So laughingly, because my wife was adamant. She's like, look, you're not racing anymore. Like, I don't want, don't want to put you to put a number on again, which is really hard with my son, like kicking in and being this like hellacious racer, you know, like really racing. Like it's hard not to want to race with your son. I can't beat the kid because he's too fast. He's a beast, man. But, but what I'm trying to say is it was really, really tough. And so here my wife's saying like, you're not racing anymore. Like maybe. And I had like convinced her I can race in the, like, the greater El Paso, Las Cruces area. Like I have a radius. Like, I don't think I can go further than Albuquerque. That's different. That's supporting and I, the, and I can't, the, and the I can't go like, and she might let me go do gravel locals in Hico. Like, <laughs> she might, you know, like, like that's kind of my radius that I could travel to grind. Like I think Lonza is too far to go. Like no. she's not allowing that. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, babe, I know you're listening to this because <laughs> you just text me and your ears are ringing. So, um, so with that, um, I go and I go ahead and put my little tab that has my number on it in the bucket. You know, they say anybody who's interested in putting their name in the drawing, we have 35 spots open for this year's race or next year's race for the Leadville 100. So I was like, well, you know, what's the odds, right? I mean, (laughs) what's the odds? There was like 500 people who entered this race. There's maybe 100 or 200 people here still waiting that are going to put in for it. Do you want to text her? What's that? We could listen to Biggie while you. Oh no no nah, no! You're dude, good. No, she's right. good. Um, so she knows where I am. I mean, like she she tracks me. So just yeah. <laughs> and that's not in a weird way. It's because I ride bikes and she's afraid I'm gonna get smashed by oh, cars. And so. you break yourself. And I break yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. So so to get back cursed, to it. So I went ahead. Yeah, I'm cursed. <laughs> I it start. You know, I I put my name in there and I was like, yeah, whatever. We'll see. Whatever. You know, and they're pulling names. They're pulling names. And they get down and they're like, we got five coins left. So they give you a coin if you if you get the lottery entry. And they got five coins left. And I'm like, ah, well, I guess it's not going to happen, babe. I guess you're good. We're good. You know, done. <laughs> you know, I just got to get through the big race and adios, Leadville. Because before that, after that race, Dale Surge, the guy who was kind of my Mr. Miyagi, who'd done it like 10 times, who kind of was camped near me, was talking to me through what I should do and how I should strategize. And, and anyway, you know, he told me, he goes, oh, the Leadville bug's going to bite you and you're going to be back here every year. And you're not going to stop coming until you stop racing. And, and he goes, and I don't see you stop racing until you're like in your 60s. So he goes, you're going to come and get 
10 buckles probably right and i'm like you're out of your freaking mind it's all right <laughs> because there's 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 no way there's no way i could qualify that many times right <laughs> well there's different ways you can hedge your bets to get a better chance of qualifying through the lottery but not at the race not this because this is purely random out of a fishbowl your number and sure shit pulled my number there it is number <laughs> i think i was 87 or 85 or something like that and uh i think it was 87 number 87 and i'm like holy shit I, I didn't jump up i wasn't crying i looked at my <laughs> wife and it was funny because a guy had i just told the story about how the, this is it and he goes i guess this is not it for you <laughs> if i want if my wife lovingly says go get your coin oh, and, and so i yes. got my coin and she goes and since i was already in this year i couldn't apply it to this year i had to apply it to next year but they give you like i said seven days to decide and if you decide not to, you turn in your coin and that rolls to somebody else right, yeah. or goes into the general lottery. So anyway, so I took it and, uh, on that, so that happened on Saturday, on Sunday and on Friday, I re registered for the 2024 Leadville without Yee. having completed a Leadville yet in 2023. <laughs> Bring your bike to me tomorrow for that race, please. That's <laughs> oh, all I'm going to say. You want to start tomorrow? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, we got we're a little bit out of time, now and then. Yeah, we're <laughs> running out of time. Um, I might start working on my Jeeps about now, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I qualified for the race and, uh, when I came back and I talked to my Mr. Miyagi, Dale Surge, uh, Dale's like, it got you. <laughs> I was like, oh man. So, um, yeah, so that I am, I am actually registered for next year already. Sick. Awesome. But, um, yeah, so the lead up to. I'll just get, you know, fast forward. There was two weeks between the stage race and then the big race. They call it the big race, the, the 100. The one-day 100 is the big race, and that's affectionately, as anybody who's wrote it will say it is, because it's the real race. It's the race. And people can do the stage race, yeah, and you've done the Leadville course, but you haven't done Leadville. Because it's one thing to break it up into three days. It's an entirely different ball of wax, putting that 100 miles and 11,000 feet of climbing above 10,000 to test in a single day, sub 12 hours to get a belt buckle. It's kind of like the fucking puzzler, dude. The 50 puzzler. Oh, the fuck? Oh, dude, that nearly killed me this year, by the way. It's a different beast. Yeah, and now I guess the course is changing a little bit, maybe for next year. So, uh, but anyway, that's another story. So, yeah. um, Tuesday, Doc, uh, this guy's been doing Leadville for, gosh, 28 years. He comes in, he's a, a former uh, prior Marine. Um, and he is a doctor. I think he's an emergency room doctor, but he holds a big barbecue and he's held this barbecue for 20 some years now. And now, uh, so you go over there and it's generally for the people who've done it a bunch of times and there'll be some newbies that show up. Um, it's usually put together on the Leadville trails face Facebook group. So if you're ever going up there, follow that Facebook group and they put, give you some inside rides and some other stuff to do. So, um, Dale, Mr. Miyagi took me to the uh, took me to the barbecue, and at the barbecue is Ken Amerly, the founders, the creators of the Leadville 100. And Leadville 100 actually started out as a 100 mile foot race, which they still have. Which was actually it's actually this weekend, I think. And then it morphed 30 years. Then 30 years ago, it became the Leadville Trail 100 mountain bike race. Also, so they have the mountain bike race and they have the foot race. There's 14 events that happen in Leadville every year, from 10Ks to half marathons to full marathons to uh, four. I think four mountain bike races that they have up there: the Silver Rush 50 stage race, and I think there's one other one that's slipping my mind right now. 
It's like a week of racing, two oh, weeks of no, racing. No, no, no. It's just it's like every weekend starting like I don't know, I want to say late May, season the snow mm. melts all the way and it goes up until like uh middle middle August. So it's it's good because you know they started that to bring commerce and get people to come to Leadville and stay in Leadville. Stay overnight. He says if they're going to run our miles, they're going to stay here for the night, you know. Yeah. Thing. So that's how it all really started. But <laughs> motherfuckers would be sleeping on the trail overnight. But you know, Ken Ken and Mary Lee's, you know, if you watch anything it says it's officially Leadville, he's on there. You know, and he's got things he says to you about dig deep, you know, you're better than you think you are, you can do more than you think you can. You know, when things get hard, just remember one word, Leadville, Leadville, Leadville. And he generally starts the race like that. And, you know, I, I walked up and shook his hand. I was introduced by Dale and shook his hand and said, you know, Ken, my name's Luke. You know, I've been trying to get here for five years and I'm glad to be here and I'm honored to be at your barbecue. And and thank you for putting this race on. I said, I've been watching this race quite literally for well over 20 years and I'm finally here. And he says, well, what did you do? And I said, well, I was, you know, 30 years in the Coast Guard. And I said, you know, not a real military service. And he goes, bullshit is a real military service. I guess his aunt was like a Coast Guard wave, which is a women's branch of the Coast Guard way back in World War II. Whoa. And he's like, you know, I have a lot of respect for anybody who puts on uniform. And he's a very patriotic individual, very, a great supporter of the military um, and a great supporter of America. And I, I can appreciate that, you know, being somebody who served the country for a long time. And so... Um, we talked for a little bit, shared a little bit more information, then went on, had a barbecue, things, whatever. Got to the week, you know, I tapered, went down to like 40 minute rides, just keeping the legs moving, went out and did one sprint ride, um, locally there at Turquoise Lake and then just shut it down and then come race day. So I laid out everything because of the curse. I mean, I had everything laid out, nutrition, water bottles, everything, cooler loaded, wife, dog, fully prepped in the Jeep because they were going to go out and aid station for me. And just like every CD is your time to shine. Dude, like, I'm, like, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm getting on right here. I'm getting, make, there's going to be no, <laughs> yeah. nothing left undone. Uh, I mean, down, I had it like pre-race, race, pre-race day Fuck, down to the minute, like, Go take a shit. Go take a shower. <laughs> you're going to eat a full sandwich it, in this five-minute window. You're going to take a water bottle of nutrition, and right now you're going to do this. Like, very, very meticulous about it to the point where, like, I knew at minute four, like, we were leaving to go up there at 545 to the start. And I knew that at 540 I'll be putting on my chamois and everything. And like that, and then I'll be walking out the door, and it like to the T, to the minute. I walked out the door, and Dale goes, "We're ready to go. Bikes were already loaded um, from the previous night, obviously." Obviously. <laughs> and so um, we get up to the start, and Dale's wife Kelly is amazing. She's so funny, so outgoing. <clears throat> she um, hops out of the car, and I'm like, "I got everything." I pull my bike out of the back of their pickup. I put the front wheel on, everything, spin it, turn on the turn on the the head unit okay i got signal everything's good blah blah blah. got some tunes i got okay everything's set and i'm like i know i'm missing something i can feel uh, i can oh. literally feel like it wasn't something. a fake missing something it was like a real missing no something. legit i'm missing something like what did i forget i did not i did not put on chamois cream <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. and i was like a hundred mile race anybody who's done seven or eight hours in a saddle you don't do that without chamois cream i don't care who you are at least you don't do it and ride or sit the next day. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. And, and so I'm, sh- I'm like, Oh God, I can't. It, oh no. You know, it's not a curse. It's not a deal, but I'll do it. Like at this point I'm committed. I can the start lines like half mile away. I'm doing this shit. Right. 
Kelly at the top of her lungs. And like, you know, I don't get embarrassed easily. And she screams. She's like, does anybody have chamois cream? Anybody have extra chamois cream? And I'm like, for this guy's for ass guy's and chode and stuff. Oh, right now, and, and he's just gonna get this guy Luke the grimy handshake. We're gonna do it, you know. <laughs> like, like, and it was so bad. And you know what? It's brilliant. God bless, God bless her in this soul. Two doors down. Like when I say two doors down, two doors down. He's like, I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he rolls around, and he's got like just the just like you know like it's it's actually called D's nuts uh, yeah. chamois cream. And it's like, there's barely anything in oh. there, bro. I'm shaking and pounding it's this It's the last bottle. of the ketchup. It, it is. And I'm just like, oh, and he's like. Are you doing the windmill with one hand? He, 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 the centrifugal like, force? Keep Come it. On. He's like, look, just keep it. <laughs> so, bitch. He's like, you throw this away. <laughs> exactly. So I, I like full on, you know, I, I shabby up and I'm like, ah, the world is right. But coming over the mountain, okay, daybreak is starting, right? Massive rainstorms moving up the valley. Massive. I saw, dude, it was 50% it was chance. Brutal. And like, <sighs> the worst, the last thing you want for a 100 mile ride is to get soaked in the first 20. And so, like, I'm here, I am in a vest. So I had, um, I had a local team vest on and I had my kit and I was like, I think this might be more than vest weather and I don't want to get caught sideways here. So, at that time, I saw my wife driving up to go park in a parking lot. So she was driving by on the road, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go chase her down. So I go chase her down, and um, I go in there, take off my vest, and I grab the rain jacket, and I put it on. And it's like spitting, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. So awesome that I had like my rain bag so close to me, and I was like, okay, I've got this. This is dialed. Like, this is perfect. Come on, rain. None of these other people are. Everybody oh, else, you bitch-ass yeah, person. Like, like everybody else is like <laughs> oh, in, in jerseys and freaking, you know, vests and stuff and i'm in an actual fox rain jacket like i'm prepped i'm ready to go i'm ready for you to get swampy out you know like but the thing about rain jackets everybody who's ever worn them on a bike you get just as wet inside as you get outside yeah, so it kind of yeah. defeats the purpose other than a wind layer so you want water you want so, sweat which is gonna be yeah so we started and i kept watching i'm like come on baby come on rain come and it never came so my first feed first time i saw my wife i think it was at mile 49 so I rode, so you go right into a first climb, like maybe 10 minutes in. You do this big road descent that's super gnarly and fast, and then you go right into the steady climb called St. Kevin's. Ooh, I got the chills just and like... So I literally got onto that road, and I'm like, that rain ain't coming. I pull, take off the rain jacket and stuff it up the back of my jersey. So now I'm carrying extra weight that I don't really need to be carrying, but it's too nice of a rain jacket to just throw on the side of the road and say, F it, you know? But so anyway... I rode the first, <laughs> I rode the first 49 miles with an extra rain jacket stuffed up my Jersey oh, that I wow. never took out the entire time. But you know what? Uh, you live and learn. Um, it was the race started at that point. Um, and one of the things that the old heads will tell you is this race is a race about eating. Like it's a race to eat. The more you eat, the happier you'll be at the end. So it's a race about eating and drinking. Not the kind of drinking that most people like to do, but eating and drinking. So staying hydrated, staying, keeping the nutrition going in. And then lastly, remember the race doesn't start until mile 70. Yeah, you have Columbine down there at the end. They're at the middle point of the course, and it's a big mother. It's seven and a half miles, 12%, climbs over 12,500 feet. It's a 3,500-foot climb, I think, bottom to the top. And 
but that's not where the race starts. The race starts at mile 70 when you're inbound on pipeline and you're headed towards power line, the big mother, the hard climb. And you know what? They were not wrong. He goes, he goes, count the people that will go by you at the start. Just watch them. Remember their jerseys. And as you're passing them on power line or not on power line, but on Columbine first, because they are starting to crack already and they, they aren't even halfway yet. And then he goes, and then you'll see some more people as you go a little bit further and some more people and some more people and some more people. And it's funny because in your race splits, it actually tells you what position you're in at each checkpoint. And it was exactly that. It was a negative split in what my position was the whole way through the race. Wow. All You're the way to the finish. Yeah, You're so gaining. I was gaining the whole time. So it's about, it's about pacing, nutrition, and hydration. I was once told on like a 12 or 24-hour like, you know, lap race yeah. uh, that your first lap, a good strategy would be to, to make your first lap your slowest lap. Absolutely. And then you get progressively faster. Your yeah, last lap should be the fastest one. It's like, huh. And, and it's, you know? it's, not, it's, not tr- it's not wrong. You know, I, I actually I applied that this last year at the 12 Hours of El Paso. And put me on the podium, believe, unbelievable, like shockingly to me, put me up on third place, which I was happy. I was stoked to just be up there with with those two hitters. I mean, right. and you're fucking spray painted. Yeah, in my, yeah, and they're and they're like, what, like what, what is that? I said, you got to rep your sponsors. <laughs> I think is exactly my quote. Um, I love it. So um, yeah, with my my red dog podium shirt, oh, and so um, so it it was a really it was really it's a mind it's very much a mind race like you got to be in your mind and you got to be ready you know they a lot of people say make pain your friend um you know and he was right I, a couple of people i know actually had passed me in the very first part of the race and lo and behold man we're coming back coming down columbine i'm catching people going across pipeline those same people that passed me and left me i've got them now you know i want to tell one cool story and then we'll get to the finish and I'll tell, finish the Ken story is Columbine climb is a mother, especially at the top. And they get into this section called the goat trail because pitches go between 12 and 18%. And there's little breaks in it, but most people will walk that most, most people. When I say most over half the field will walk that section. Um, and I in practice and in the stage race, never cleaned it, never made it from bottom to top. You know, like I pushed sections just because it's loose. And, but, you know, we got a really good rain the night before. It kind of tightened things up. And then I had this guy, and I wish I could remember his name. I could see his face. And he rode behind me going up Columbine. And he's like, dude, you're doing awesome, man. Because I was riding, like, sections that I had normally pushed on the very top, upper part. Yeah. And he's like, I was like, dude, I'm going to get off. And I'll let you know when I'm going to get off, you know, to let you go around me. Cause you, they try, when you're in the front, they really try to be very courteous of not creating a conga line, like trying to get out of the way of people who are actually riding the climb, Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. Totally courteous. Right. And like, so in the very courteous thing to say is, Hey, I'm getting off. So that way they know to go around you because you have downbound traffic. This is, this is heads up traffic. The leaders have already gone by us way, way before this. Right. And so, um, and he just kept encouraging me. He's like, you got it. You got it. I'm like, Oh, you know, I grunt a little bit. He's like, no, no, you're not quitting here. You're going, you're going here. Cause you're riding this whole damn thing today. And I'm like, nah, bro, nah. And I'm like, no, I said, you got the raw guys that I'm not trying to burn matches. And he's like, no, you're riding it today. We're riding it. And we were pick, we, I picked off 60 people on that section of trail just by riding it. And I really, literally only pushed 100 feet because somebody had gotten off and didn't tell me they were getting off. And I had to stop. And to get restarted, I had to, like, push up to a little water bar to get going again. Anywho, um, that guy, awesome. Like, he was such motivation at the top. You know, I couldn't have – I would never have been able to ride 
like just on my own Columbine like that uh, without that inspiration. And, you know, that's the vibe there. People truly want, they want their co-writers to finish. They want, and even like people were rooting for Keegan. I remember when Keegan passed me before I even got to Columbine on his way back in. And like everybody, I was in a group of like eight guys hammering down this dirt road and everybody's like, yeah, Keegan, go get the record. I mean, literally everybody cheers for everybody which is it gives me chills to think about it right now you know fucker was rocking like a what a 40 tooth 40 tooth in the front 40 tooth he was running a mulleted 40 he was running a 40 tooth with a 52 in the back so he's running a regular eagle in the back i believe and a 40 tooth up front <laughs> and he was doing it on the high smh bro yeah SMH dude he's an here. alien guy and everybody's like putting alien by his name i was like yeah he's an alien guy is the best at altitude that I've ever, like he's the best human being I've ever seen race at altitude. That record will not get broken. Point blank, dude. I, I'll call it today. Like I'll call mm. it because I don't know who's going to come after it. He so, might break it. He might break it. I mean, the <laughs> only know? person right now is maybe him or if Sepp Koos decides to leave the pro tour and come out, come over and show people how to go up hills because that maybe is it. But I, I digress. So um, I wrote up what they call the boulevard, which is Fuck the yeah. last sting in the tail, which is, you make the turn at the bottom after you've come off of Kevin's and you go across this really awesome piece of pavement and you take a left and you start about a 4% climb that starts at about 200 yards of big baby head. It's like climbing baby head trail here in El Paso um, for about 200 yards, maybe 200 yards. And then you break onto dirt road, which, and it stays at three and a half percent until you get to hospital Hill, which there's a reason there's a hospital. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> and hospital Hill is the last hill. Doesn't sound fun. And as you crest that, you look down and you see the red carpet of the finish. And so I rode in with a guy finishing his sixth um, Leadville, Chris, and he kind of pulled the whole boulevard. Him and I pulled together, pulling a group. And it's funny how people will attack you for 600th place, you know, <laughs> after you've been pulling up the boulevard. And it was funny because Chris and I had a, a fun chat about this. And there was a guy that had just kind of sat on to the group, which is, it happens out there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on the guy, but what I'm saying is, don't get up and sprint for 600th place, dude. We're not racing for the buckle. By that point, we had already missed the big buckle. Oh, bullshit. I'd be throwing elbows, dude. Oh, but Fuck, I know man. you. Well, well, <laughs> well, it's funny as we thought about, oh, let's race him. But then I was like, no, we're going to. And Chris like, yeah, we're not doing that, dude. We're going to ride in together. So then, so the last part of the Leadville curse, which is funny because they do a bunch of photography, right, during the race. And so I said, hey, I'm going to give you some room so we can each have our glamour shot, Chris, you know, as we go in. No, no BS. I can show you the pictures that, that Leadville sent me. And these are the only two pictures we got of you, which is cl crossing the line. And I'm literally almost full body shadowed by the guy. <gasps> like you can just see the outline of my jersey. You can barely see my number no. plate and it's fuzzy. And so, yeah, like there's pictures of me crossing the finish line, but my wife has a video of me going by at the finish. Okay. But yeah, so like it wasn't, oh, like yeah. I wasn't even there. But you know what? I will take that for what happened with the founder of the race. And, you know, and I, that's because you're cursed, bro. That's what, that's why. <laughs> but you know what? I think that he removed the curse by what he said to me. And I, and this is what he said. So when I crossed the line, the founder looked, he saw me, he goes, come here. And he was handing out finisher medals because you get your buckle down a different shoot. And he goes, come here. And he hand, and he said, come here. And I was like, yeah, and I rode over there and he goes, I knew you could do it. Come here and let me put this on you. And he put my finisher's medal on over my helmet. And he goes, I knew you could do it. He goes, I knew when I talked to you, you wouldn't quit. He goes, I knew you had what it takes to dig deep 
and I knew you would finish it. And he goes, and this is your first time and that's your time. That's impressive. He goes, you're coming back. And I said, I'm already registered. Ah. And it, and the thing is, is he gave me, me filthy, sweaty, covered in goo and snot and, <laughs> and water and, you know, juice from my, my water bottles and everything else. And, and dust and mud he gave me the biggest hug and he's like i'm i am proud of you you are what leadville's about Dang. and to me like i felt like that was such a personal touch that i would never experienced other than like at your race or mario's <laughs> race or people who know me you know like i give a big hug hey dude what's up um but this was different for me you know because it was the cap to something five years you know i would lie to you i cried three times during that race just the emotions of everything that I'd gone through to get there. Um, you know, and this is the point that I, I do want to just, I'm going to give like a full on shout out to a few people that I would never happen. Number one, without my wife, never would have happened. And without, without you, babe, it's never going to happen ever again. And so I appreciate that. Uh, number two, I want to thank my son, my son, I was in a very dark place after I broke my shoulder here after the real Bravo gravel grinder. Cause I thought my dream was done. My son's encouragement and help got me there. So that's number two. Number three, I gotta, I gotta thank my, my number one wrench, What? my number <laughs> one wrench, my race support team, my race crew, um, Richie and rad dog bikes, which goes without saying, um, Richie and I's history is long and deep and rich and will continue to build. And my, he will always wrench with or without a bike shop on my race bike. I've, I, that is, I will tell you the 100 has proven that to me because I tell you what, that it was flawless the entire race. And for the thousands of training miles I put on it in a month and a half period. Um, and then, um, Kevin Gambini and breakaway bikes. Kevin Gambini and Breakaway Bikes, they're the ones who put me on this sniper. He's the one who convinced me to ride this bike, this hellaciously fast bike that climbs like a billy goat. He was there when I broke my 100,000-foot challenge. He stayed with me after I blew up my shoulder and never lost faith in me. Um, he probably kept me on as an ambassador after he killed the ambassador program. And, uh, you know, he is, his shop, if you're in Sonoma County, and I've actually sold a couple bikes for him uh, here in El Paso to some people here in El Paso. And, uh, you know, if you're in Sonoma County, please frequent Breakaway Bikes because they, they are community. They really support the military community. They really support uh, people. And, you know, currently he's really supporting my son, which I greatly appreciate, which he, does, he doesn't have to do, and he still does. He calls me. He's, he's, he's right up there on my top fan list. So, um, so those guys... And then, you know, like my former coach, Jason King, I got to thank him. And then, you know, I'll, I'll take it all the way back. This dream doesn't happen. And it sounds cliche. And I'm sure it, if Ross in here, when Ross in here says, if he hears this, he'll say, shut up, Luke, or something stupid, you know, like, he's like, hey, fucker. Or something, <laughs> you know, but, but he'll say, you know, like, none of this happens without Mike Rossin. Mike Rossin started my racing career. He really is the one who lit the fire under me to get me racing bikes and really racing mountain bikes and, and inspire me and tell me to do certain things to, to help, you know, and, you know, one of the big things he, he always had some different input to help me like get over different humps, you know, and I applied some of that to this modern training, 
you know, I was joking when I walked in here today, I am weigh 172 pounds. When I left for Leadville to start my training, I was 191. Damn. I have not been this light since I was racing for Mike at, at the bicycle company and team soul. Not been this light. Like when I was racing the full, like when I was doing the Norba series and the full New Mexico off-road series, I have not been in this kind of shape since. And it was because I applied a lot of those lessons over years and years of cycling to it. So that dude that, and so yeah. like, you know, all things come back to bicycle company or whatever, or Mike Rossin or to the people who really inspired us in the very beginning or set us on the path, I guess it's just setting us on the path more than anything. It's all the same family, man. It really yeah. is. So thanks um, for saying thanks by the way, man. I really appreciate nah, that. Dude. Yeah. And, and still to this day, you know, like I balance a lot of hats. Oh, you know, and one last thing I'm going to say this too. I, I do, you know, I love the club Lost Dog Chain Breakers. Those guys, you know, I got some good friends on there. I got some really good friends, people I can call, people who check up on me, people who, who see what's going on, who is generally interested. And there's some fast dudes over there and some good friends, you know. And um, it was the, the kind of the place that welcomed me back to El Paso with open arms. And uh, I appreciate them, you know, and that's why I rep them during the race as well. And, you know, those guys – you know, they're, the way they help is through awesome, humorous chats and <laughs> and uh, just being generally good dudes that you can go out and ride and have a beer with at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, so I think, I think I've kind of labeled the people that have really helped me along this journey to, to uh, I don't want to say break the curse, but get through this year of the curse. And so, and I knocked on wood if you didn't hear on the cast. <laughs> um I think those people, you know, and there's so many other people like, you know, God, I, the list is unending, but these people had a direct effect on the outcome of a Saturday ago. And without those people, we're not having this podcast right now. And so I thank you guys uh, very much, you know, and then people like Ken who put that race on, who give us the opportunity to go do it. You know what? I appreciate him too, because without him, there's no race to go do I would highly encourage anybody in this area to take the time and at least go do the stage race up there. It's beautiful country. We have great high altitude training over here at Cloudcroft. Don't be afraid of it. Show up a cup, like show up four days before, like make a week out of it. Take your family up there. It's beautiful places to go. And I, I sound like I'm from the, from the tourist commission <laughs> of Leadville, but it's a place that I will go back and I'm going to go back and race next year. And I'm going to do it again. And I'd like to take more of my, my Southwest brothers and sisters with me up there. I know that there's a few people from lost dogs that are interested in like, Hey, can we go do stage race? You know, how do we do that? How do we register? How do we get into this? Calling you out, James. Hey, calling you out, James. Dude, James, I want you to come up there and Where you at? James. crush, crush my time. James has already made, you know, he's made his declaration to me on, on Instagram. He's right. Driving. Around that, he's his head got, like, Fuck. that he's got, uh, <laughs> that he's got a race solo cholo category. Solo cholos, dude. He's got to go with the solo cholo. We're crew. doing the solo cholos. Um, me, so, Luke and uh, James are going yeah, solo cholos. So for those of you come to the 12 hours of El Paso and root on the solo, cho- solo cholos. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that's, that's this chapter, man. And, and I'm blessed that I got it done. And there you go. You know, it's done. I'm, I'm in fantastic shape right now. I'm going on vacation, <laughs> which is funny because you're in this great shape and I'm probably going <laughs> to get it all back on vacation. So I'm looking forward to it. But uh, next chapter, next chapter is Leadville 2023. So um, if anybody it wants to reach out to me, most people listen to this cast know me, um, reach out to me and I'll 
try to set you up with a surefire way to at least get in the stage race so we can uh, all go up there as a group and rep rep the southwest because we live at 4700 feet and there's a lot of people who enter this race from florida and georgia at sea level so don't let it scare you it's as one of uh, my friends said it's it's a race for vikings i was like no <laughs> no it's just race for hard-headed people so um that's that's really what i got for it um Sorry, I was on mute. No, I'm going to no. add something to that. Please. You said blessing, and you like kind of took this thought out of my head. The whole curse thing, I think, is bullshit. Yeah. Especially after this whole conversation and just kind of reflecting on the whole thing, man. When you have to work for something that hard, you know, and you're, put, you're just constantly tested over and over and over again. And you just don't fucking quit. Yeah. Like that's no curse. That's a that's a blessing. Like that mental whatever the fuck you want to call it, man. Just like that that whatever it takes to just not give up. Um year after year. After year after year. I mean it could this kind of shit could be applied to any aspect of life, right? That oh man the most beautiful things on the other side of like the hardest fucking times, the hardest shit. So like, no, you're not cursed at all whatsoever. You're blessed beyond, beyond fucking belief, man. And, and this story, thanks for sharing is super fun to hear and like to visualize and yeah, man, it's, I don't know that breaking the curse is a proper name for this podcast. We'll figure something else out, but, but you're not cursed whatsoever, man. You're just, uh, this is a testament to, how blessed of an individual you are and the support and the love that you have in your life and how, how fucking just awesome. Yeah. Like the, the hard shit in life could be, it's like, ah, but you're, it's I why. Think, you it's know the why, right? I think, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. At the end of it, you know, fucking if I, me. if I would have got, if I would have got that Leadville in 2019, would I feel the same way I feel about Leadville right now? No. And I, and I agree with you. I don't no. think I would. I'd probably, I'd probably, maybe I would have taken it a little too for granted, but maybe because it was that journey, maybe that's why the impact was so great on me. And maybe that's huh. why I'm so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so bit by it. Everything that's baked into it, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> Made it so much sweeter. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, it's zero a, curse. I, I agree. And we'll, we'll find, maybe, maybe we'll uh, get caught, get the lead out or something. Who knows? No. But, but, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, I mean, I, I literally got the lead out finally, but, um, but anyway, I just, yeah, thanks. Thanks to all, anybody who listens to this. I really appreciate your time and it's awesome. Yo. That was awesome, dude. I'm so stoked for you. I'm like, it's all good. It's all good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Luke, for hanging and chatting and being such a down-ass motherfucker. Oceana. Hey. (laughs) Paul. Fucker, where you at? James. Leadville. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Ping Pong Pizza Party and uh, supporting Rad Dog Bikes and just being cool and the races and blah 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 blah. Twelve hours of El Paso, EP Enduro, Coyote Classic, Horny Toad Hustle, 
New Mexico Off-Road Series, fucking RBGG. Holler at us if you want any information on any races. I'm inspired to go do something fucking wild and crazy. So I'm stoked. Thank you. 915-630-2682. Rad Dog Bikes. Holler. And I don't know. Fucking... You know what I'm saying? If you don't know, now you know. <laughs>